you know, the, the journey is, is very physical and, and that kind of peels away at the onion and lets you get to a different space in your being that is, is not the superficial outer layer, layer where you deal with other people and you interact with other people, but it's on your true inside and your inner voice and your inner light. And in order to, to get to that space, it seems like you, you need to go through kind of some, some opportunity to test yourself where exit is choice and to stay in that moment and continue in that discomfort or in that space is just your choice. And that's, that's what that's all about for me. You can always exit, but you choose to stay in that space. And that's where the magic happens for me and everybody else. <laughs> Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess, your host, and this is the place where we share stories of people looking, finding, and living their purpose. We have been blessed with the task of bringing meaningful conversations to the endurance sports world because it's not just about the data and information, people. It's not just paces and finish times. It's about the heart behind sport and the sometimes unplanned path to purpose. Squirrel's nut butter was never a plan. It just sort of organically worked its way into the lives of its founders, Chris and Stacy Thornley. And now it seems like it can't be stopped. SNB is, and I will agree with this claim, the world's best all-natural anti-chafe and restorative skin salve. Born out of love in their home kitchen, SNB was originally created to provide relief for their daughter's skin condition, and now Squirrels is soothing the skin of thousands of endurance athletes across the globe. And I personally want to thank you. My toes want to thank you, Chris, and thank you so much for being here on the show today. Well, thank you. That was quite the intro. <laughs> yeah, we're psyched to have you. We're up in Flagstaff. And we've been on a, a podcast binge for the last 24 hours, so we might be a little punchy. Um, <laughs> this is the grand finale. And um, one of the things I was telling you before we turned the mics on that I love is just that this was not planned. And even just talking to you before the podcast, like you did your first ultra in 1988 and never even used any kind of, you know, anti-chafe anything and cycled and all of that. And then here you are now heading up uh, pretty much the best company uh, in that in that division. And uh, I just love how how life unfolds. Yeah, well, thank you for that. It's definitely um, it's it's an amazing, I guess, accident that uh, that landed in our laps. Um, you know, my my wife created the salve for our daughter's eczema. And um, it turns out it's just, it's an amazing product to heal any kind of damaged skin. And the coconut oil is super slippery, so it's just amazing as an anti-chafe before the damage to the skin occurs. Sorry, I got a dog here trying oh, to no, get on we, my lap. Oh, no, we love it. Tan They're dog. used to having dogs. <laughs> Our audience is used to hearing dogs in the background. Tell us how, uh, yeah, I mean, I know you, it was created, Stacy created it for your daughter. Yeah. But... Was that out of like nothing's working? Like we've we're, you're trying and seeing doctors and nothing was just yeah. So she is her? an allergy nurse, and um, she had tried everything over the counter um, prescriptions, everything, and nothing was quite given our daughter the relief uh, that we shot, thought she should have. And so Stacy thought, well, at least we should be putting something that um, we know the ingredients of even if it's if it's close to giving her relief of the other stuff and it turns out um, she just uh, she kept mixing uh, different ingredients in the kitchen and found something that eventually um, gave her daughter some some relief and she said this is this is great you still have to be proactive with it so you know when you have an acute flare-up of the eczema Obviously, it's you're you're wanting to hydrate that skin and get that open wound to close up to keep the bacteria out, um, but then in those known spots of eczema, you need to be proactive every single day um, or twice a day, and that's pretty hard to get an 11-year-old girl to remember to do on her own. You know, <laughs> it's easy it's easy to put a bandaid on when you have a cut, but to just to be proactive is pretty is pretty hard for all of us as adults as well. And I remember the first time we met, cause, um, I saw you guys at 
Iron Man Oceanside 70.3, which yes. super psyched. Mike Wardian actually gave me my first um, little sample oh, when we interviewed him in 2016. I had signed up for my first ultra, and he's like, oh, you need squirrels. And I was like, what's this? And he's like, put it on your feet, put it on your toes, like put it everywhere. And um, I was hooked, like loved it. So when I saw you guys at Oceanside, you know, I wanted to introduce myself. And um, you were telling us that you've heard that people have used this not just for the body, that they've used it for many other things. Yes. Um, I, I've heard things like, you know, an emergency chain lube, um, which I do not recommend, but in, in a pinch, you know, it might get you, <laughs> it might get you to your proper lube for your chain. Um, you know, the electrical connection from your, your truck to your boat, um, you know, uh, squeaky hinge on a refrigerator, we've heard, <laughs> just all sorts of stuff. And obviously, you know, dogs and cats and whatnot. Yeah, like hot spots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, Clark actually had a hot spot not long ago, and I put some of it on it. Because normally I would do just coconut oil, but yeah. there's so many other good things sure. in there. And that's one of the things that you guys really hold true to is all natural ingredients. There's no crap in there. No. It's super simple. It's coconut oil, cocoa butter, beeswax, and vitamin E. It's not a secret. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very simple ingredient that many folks uh, may even have in their kitchen already. Yeah. We just put a brand on it and, you know, we make it for you. And you're now making um, a vegan product as well. Yes. So um, we have omitted the beeswax and we use a plant-based candelilla wax, which is a, a native plant to the southwest here in the United States. Tell us about the hot stuff you've got, which should not be confused or even kept in the same drawer as the other stuff. <laughs> that is correct. And we did just re-label uh, that. We, we changed the label so it's, it's completely distinct now. It, when it came out of the, when the label came from the printer, um, the, the colors didn't match as we had intended. So they, the, they were very, very similar to the regular vegan anti-chafe and then our hot born to rub. And um, we had thousands of labels made, so we ended up just using them anyhow. And it turns out we we should have um, we should have just eaten that dime and and, uh, and sent them back to the printer. Um, you just gotta we, be mindful. Well, we had some pretty cool stories of people, you know, waking up in the morning. It's five a.m., kind of a little late to the start line, and just grabbing the tub that they thought was vegan, and it turns out it was born to rub and putting it on their crotch and realizing quite shortly that that was not the vegan. And what's the, what's the ingredient in there that? Uh, chiltepin peppers. So we get handpicked chiltepin peppers from the bottom of Copper Canyons in Mexico. And um, we steep that in an almond oil. Um, so it's, it's, and we also include some, uh, some cayenne pepper as well. So it's a hot pepper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about how it got from the kitchen to where we're sitting now, where you've got the whole, uh, you know, production in this warehouse. And um, how did it get from, yeah, the pot on the stove to what we're looking at now? How many different products do you have in the line now? Let's start with that. Well, we have our original blend, which is our green label. We, we pour that in a tub as well as a stick. Um, so the stick is what we encourage people to use in colder climates. Um, if you're at a trailhead or you keep the product in your truck or you're at, you know, you're at Hard Rock 100 and it's cold, you know, the stick is the way to go. And then the tub is great for temperatures, Fahrenheit temperatures above, you know, say 70 degrees Fahrenheit or so. Um, then we do the, the vegan blend that we just spoke about in the tub and the stick as well. Um, recently, we came out with uh, saddle butter, and that is intended for the chamois skin interface in the crotch. So I add um, from the vegan blend some tea tree oil, some zinc oxide, and some peppermint oil, which is uh, slightly cooling to that area. Not too much, but a slight cooling effect. Um, and then we have um, the Born to Rub, which is our heat blend. Um, and we just we we originally poured that in sticks. Um, but all of our product must ship through Phoenix. So in the summertime. Um, I, I need that product to be fairly soft and in the stick form you need you need the product really hard So we were having melt issues um, with shipping. So now that's why it's only in the tub 
And so how did it get from the, the pot to all of this? So um, I got a, a random email from REI headquarters and um, they were like, hey, we were wondering if you'd be interested in, um, in being on our, in our shelves. And of course, I'm shaking like crazy, like, yeah, of course, this is amazing, you know? Are you sure? Is this REI? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this isn't a joke, you know, where's the hidden camera or whatever? Who's playing the joke That's on awesome. Me? The email is actually printed out and on the wall. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And, uh, and so they were wondering about scale, if we'd be able to, to scale and, um, and match their order needs. And I said, of course, that is not a problem. So we shipped our first shipment out um, to REI out of our house, and that was pretty cool. And then we, were, we, we moved into the space that we're in now, which is really, it's only 1,500 square feet, um, 500 office, and 1,000 of manufacturing. Everything is done right here uh, where we're sitting. How long ago was that, that first um, email? That email, let me look at that date, is June 9th, 2017. So about two years yeah. Over two years mm-hmm. now. Did, did you really have the capabilities or was it like an oh uh, No, I was going to figure like... it out. Yeah, no, I was going to figure it out. No, we didn't. I didn't have any clue. Is that how you operate or is that how? Yeah, you... I'll just yeah. make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just act. <laughs> I, I will just figure it out. I'm pretty resourceful. Yeah. Is, um, is, biz- is entrepreneurship or business your background at all? Um, yeah, I've, you know, had some businesses through college and um, those didn't really work out. Um, and the business before this squirrels, nut butter, I owned a tree service for 14 years and I kind of learned, um, that you really have to market, uh, in order to get people to, to know about you and want you. And, um, and then here, you know, with the squirrels, nut butter, it's really, I, I've really just kind of focused on, you know, creating a, a family vibe of of trying to, you know, I think of it as a, as a campfire where you're trying to open up that, that circle to allow more and more people to appreciate what is on the center. And, um, and that's just kind of been my focus. And then obviously you need people to buy the product, you know, it is a business, but with the focus being, you know, a a family, a family vibe and showing the community that, that we're all one, um, is, is the focus. And that's really what I've come to see from the, the ultra running community. I think it's a great um, demographic to hit the people that, that I've seen because I've spectated a lot because my wife is venturing into the ultra marathon world, ultra running world. And it just seems like that's, that's, the, uh, that's the people you wanted, wanted to target. Was that a goal at first or did that just kind of happen? Well, my background is um, trail ultra. So I knew that as we were as we were scaling um, and sampling, uh, the the numbers were uh, much smaller than say road marathon. You know where it'd be ten or twenty thousand people to sample. You know at Western States you're dealing with three hundred sixty nine people. Hard Rock maybe one hundred and fifty. Um, you know now Havilena hundred and the hundred K that's that's over a thousand twelve hundred people. Um, which is easier to handle financially for the sampling. And I really wanted to make sure that the product um, in its own resume was people knew that it was worthy of uh, to use it in a 100-miler or 200-miler or now 300 miles, et cetera. And, um, and so now it, it's been known that, you know, uh, it it holds up to those conditions and and being out on the trail that long and, and the humidity and the river crossings and whatever, so so now we're we're working on the the road marathon slowly, yeah, but it, it takes t- money. T- it takes a lot of money, and we 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 don't have any investors. Um, it's still all just us. So um, we're scaling um, in a sustainable rate. So. Mike gave me that sample back in 2016. So you are already, I know there's, there's a little Twitter. So, so what you're staring at right there. I'm looking at a Twitter. So Wardian and my brother, um, good friends. Is your brother uh, Lord Balls? Yeah, Lord Balls. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) My mom called him Craig and now he's Lord Balls. But anyhow, um, they, they were good friends and, and, you know, Wardian's known for, 
for his kit photos, which is quite the spread, um, you know, pre-race kit photos. And, and so my brother, he had been, you know, on a long injury cycle and, and he hadn't raced in a long time. And, um, so he, he took a picture of like his shoes and, and a water bottle and, and squirrels nut butter, um, at the time, which is spanky new and Wardian, uh, responded to him, um, you know, hey, Lord Balls, remember to lube up. And Craig responded, uh, Wardian, I did so with the best, Squirrel's Nut Butter. And so Wardian said, hey, great, I need to check that out. And so Wardian and I then connected, and he was our first ambassador. Oh, that's so then. cool. Yeah. yeah. He's, oh, and what a great guy to oh, have behind your brand. Yeah. He's such a, oh, he's such a kind, I mean, he's so badass too. Yeah. But what a, what a great guy. Talk about so, consistent. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seriously, and the ability to rebound after yeah, we're an gonna effort s- is just like no other. We're going to see him moving for a long time, yeah. I think. Yeah, and uh, and he's happy. He is happy, right? Like mm-hmm. that's every it, time it, I see him, he's yeah. And that has so much to do with with I think like long- longevity in our yeah. life, like not just living long but living well. So yeah, so that those that Twitter feed is yeah. back in 2015. So you guys were already in biz, but you were you were small scale. How did REI find out about you? Do you know? Uh, through social media. So um, our social media queen is Jen Laughlin down in the valley, and she has just done an outstanding job of um, getting people interested in our brand. And really, her focus is more about the people than the actual product placement of with the photos. And obviously, we do have some some product placement, but she's just an an outstanding job um, with that social media. And you have a ton of people. You have ambassadors. You have an elite squad. You have, I mean, you've got hundreds of people that um, that are representing the brand. Yes. And that is a great. Oh, it's um, it's amazing. So obviously, you have you know the Wardy and the the Walmsley, the DeWalter, uh, Camille. Um, uh, and, and then you, we, this, the, the regular, I'll call them Joe Blow ambassador, which is just somebody who exercises like, um, like most people, <laughs> you know, it may, their big long race, maybe a 10 K or something, but they, they're integrated in their, each of their communities. And so their, their organic growth through the community is just, it's key you know, just word of mouth. So you have the big dogs that have 100,000 followers and they just do a little social blast and that's truly amazing. But it's this, that, that word of mouth, when it's off the scene, there is no camera that's just spreading like wildflower. When did you Wild know you fire. were- <laughs> When did you know you were onto something? Back in June, Western States, June 2015, uh, Matt Keyes, um, who was going for his ninth finish at the time of Western States? He had just told um, he had just spoke at the veterans panel and told the entire crowd, "Hey, whatever you do, don't try something new on race day." And right after he said that, we we walked out of the place and and I said, "Hey, Keys, come on over to my rig. Um, I got a product that Stacy created, and I think it's really really good for anti-chafe." And so of course he he tried it for the first time on race day against this suggestion to the crowd of hundreds and uh and he's and after the race he just said you know that is truly amazing product and so after i after i realized i knew i knew it was pretty slippery and good and i knew it was great for damaged skin i just didn't know how how it was going to be for 100 miles and so after keys told us um that it worked like nothing ever that he's ever used before i figured we were onto something and so because of that um, we started the company that's so cool. So as the company, you know, the, the first ambassador is Wardian. Second ambassador is Jim Walmsley. Third ambassador is Pete Kostelnik. Those are all pretty good heavy hitters and, um, and each um, different in their athletic abilities. Um, and I didn't think it would grow at the rate that it has. Um, this is, this feels really, really good. And the, and the global reach is just uh, mind-blowing. It really, the, this, we're getting around the world. <laughs> you are. Yeah. I'm sure you're all over UTMB too. Yeah. And so we, you know, we have uh, international distribution in um, Australia, New Zealand, um, South Africa, United Kingdom, um, Canada. 
Um, and then we ship right out of here to anywhere in the world if you just order direct from us. That's so, amazing. Yeah. And all those distributors came, came to us. We didn't, we weren't reaching out. So who makes up Squirrels Nut Butter? Who's behind the brand? So um, my wife is still a nurse so that we have stable income <laughs> as, <laughs> much job, as, as much as we want her for here. Now. So I work, um, you know, obviously full time. Um, we, our original uh, designer, Chris Cohn, he just left to pursue a relationship and a new path in life. And he just moved out to the East Coast. Um, he was a full-time employee and I can't thank him enough, uh, being, you know, there from the very, very beginning and, and creating the squirrel image, the logo that we have and all the branding, all the labels, everything. He, he just did an amazing job. We're going to miss him, uh, dearly. We already do. He just left recently. Um, and then Eric Sensman, he's uh, content and strategy and, um, and then we have, um, people who put caps on and label and those are all part-time employees um, and everybody's and it's very 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 tiny it's yeah. a very small company yeah. yeah and everybody is a uh, local here yes um yeah. and i was reading on your website too about you know um giving back to the community and one of the ways is you know hiring local people but also there was something about like volunteering at races and things like that yeah, so we try to um, attend as many races as I can physically handle. And um, some we actually run uh, aid stations. Some we just show up, you know, for the expo and, and for support that way. Um, but it's, um, I, I would say, I'd say doing the aid stations is is probably the very best because then you're able to chat with people actually in the moment when they're you know 80 miles in or something and and they're chafing you can just talk about their skin and get right in there and you know give them a foot massage with the happy toes or you know take care of them yeah yeah i lubed up my feet for the first time of course you just hear these things you know it's still pretty new in the ultra world but you hear these little tips like through conversations or you overhear something and um lubed up my feet and no blisters yeah you know 62 miles no blisters yeah so i you know it's it's crazy i i started um running very very early in life um fifth grade i was i was kind of the crazy kid and my first ultra was in 1988 in high school, the American River 50. And I never even thought about putting lube on my feet ever, ever. And and now that I've kind of, you know, I, I guess I ran quite a bit until um, I guess 2009 was my last 100 miler. And then since I started this business, I just completely shut down all of my physical activity and just became a businessman like above and beyond crazy and not sustainable. So I'm back to running now, but um, I guess my point is um, I do use our product on my feet now because it's available and I tell people to use it and I just can't believe how well it works. Like any kind of little tiny hot spot that begins, if you catch it before you have the separation of the layers, you know, where a blister is forming, then it usually just takes care of it. And you might not even realize at the end of your you know, 30 mile effort that you ever had a hot spot, you can't see it. And, you know, if you wait too long and the blisters already developed then you waited too long, you know. What brought you to American River 50 when you were so young? Well, so um, for those who haven't heard, um, my family lives in Cool. We grew up in Cool, uh, mile 85 on the Western States course. And my brother and I were, were camped at, I believe, mile, maybe mile 82 uh, back in 1978 or 77. Um, and it just happened, we were camping right on the Western States Trail. We didn't know what the Western States Trail was. We just knew we were on this trail. And it just happened to be um, on race day of Western States. And these guys started running by us. And we were just like, man, you guys look pretty tired. What are you doing? And um, they said, well, we're, we're running from Squaw Valley. You know, where's the next aid station? We're just like, Squaw Valley, that's a long drive. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so I grew up in the area. I, I was, you know, I was introduced to the ultra world fairly early as a, as a child. And I, 
I will never forget, just like the look in those runners' eyes that far into effort, there was something unusual that still sticks with me this, this, this many years later. And I, and I knew that I wanted, um, I wanted to connect like that to my soul. So American River 50 starts in Sacramento and ends in Auburn right by our house. So I decided to try it. And it went well, nine hours. I was a little kid, <laughs> a little skinny kid. You ran 50 miles in nine hours? Yeah. <laughs> That's fast. Yeah. And so you came off of that pretty good. What Do you remember like what you ate? I mean, did you have any clue oh, what you were those doing? those wonderful power bars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the ones that would like yeah. break your, t- if they yeah, got they, cold. Yeah, they did. They were exactly, um, it was, yep. yep. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yep. If they got cold, they would like literally uh-huh. break your teeth. Yeah. I so you just it. have to pre-cut them, you know, into little bite-sized chews so that when it was cold, you could at least get it into your mouth. And um yeah, it was a blast. It was it was a good time. And then I had a track meet, so that the race is on Saturday. Then I had our, our track meet on Wednesday and did the eight hundred mile, two miles. Never very fast, kid, but I could run long. And I ran sub three hours in in high school uh, for the marathon, and, but never never got very fast. I only ran under three hours twice, and the other one was two fifty six. Just a couple years later, a year later. So what did your training look like going like did you have training as a young kid going into the 50 miler well so the 50 miler um is was in the spring american rivers in the spring so it's during track season so you're really just doing track work and but i would always you know after our track practices i'd always just go out for or usually just go out for a long run afterwards just because i enjoyed being out and getting on the trail um could be five or ten more miles just just kind of jogging around through the woods and and I was never I never felt guilty even back then when you would think you'd be really competitive I never felt guilty when I would walk it was just like it was just part of being efficient through the terrain with the energy level that you had at the time so um yeah I don't remember what my mileage was it was probably never over 70 I don't think um maybe 80 peaking but I certainly never went over 100 until later on in life um but I just, um, I'm pretty good at walking fast. <laughs> Which is the skill you need yeah. in ultra running. Yeah. And I, I was never, you know, in near the front. I was always, if I was lucky, maybe in the middle of the pack, but usually towards the back of the pack. But I just loved doing it regardless, you know. Did that spark more races? Did you get a, leave that race feeling like, ah, this is my jam? Yeah. You know, I did. Um, I I, I didn't race competitively in college, um, but I still raced marathons in college. Um, and then I just take a, took kind of a huge break and just was like, well, now what am I doing in life? Um, and then my brother, um, at the time, he was the co-founder of Waldo 100K, and it was originally called Where's Waldo? Uh, and so I decided, you know, I should I should get back off the couch and and get back to this running thing and do my brother's race. And then that just kind of stirred, um, you know, getting into 100 milers. And um, and then I did the, the Waldo 100K um, 10 times in a row and um, ended up doing 600 milers. And then um, just kind of, I never, I never, my training really sucked. It wasn't organized. Um, I would always just kind of go, run once a week in Grand Canyon, go to the river or double crossing or something, um, and just run once a week and that's it. And then I would go run a hundred miler and, and that really isn't sustainable for your joints. You know, <laughs> my mind was great, but my joints didn't have enough regular stress on them. So even in a hundred miler after, you know, 25 miles, like my and my knees, my knees, and then you'd have 75 more miles to go. And it's kind of a drag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the first 100 miler you did? The first one was Havilene 100. Okay. Yep. And we got to experience that for the first time this year. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. Experience. I don't know if the energy, I don't know what year you did it and if the energy. It was 2005, so it was okay. pre Aravipa. Is it pretty it was similar? tiny then. Yeah. Was it tiny? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's exploded. It's ginormous. I think I was maybe, I'm not positive, but it seemed like I was 34th place or something. And I was completely the back of the back, but <laughs> that's how few people were. 
running that race. Was it the same? Was it? It was the same thing, but it wasn't at the the venue that it is now. Okay. It was over at the horse staging area. Okay. The original one. That race for someone that hasn't, who's listening and hasn't even heard of it, they they must check it out and go back on the Instagram file and see like the energy and the 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 show uh, the uh, race director. Oh. Like phenomenal energy, like through the whole morning. Jubes and... is like nothing else. I think she's probably still asleep from that race, you know, just it takes a <laughs> and lot. recovering yeah. her voice, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, truly, it's a it's an amazing race, like you're talking about uh, to be a participant in. It's really easy to crew because you can just set up and just watch the entire race. You can see the the leaders, you can see the back of the pack, you can crew for your own runner. You can be in the shade. There's no traveling, and it's quite the party now. And then, obviously, if you're running the race, I think it's I think it's great. The washing machine loops; um, they all feel different. Um, and then, as you go into the night, they just feel com- they feel different again. You know, um, great race, unbelievable race. So, what came after that? Um, Western states. Okay. And so, I got in the lottery, um, put my name in the lottery, and I was picked. And um, uh, back then, your chances were about 50-50, and, uh, and so I lucked out, and I was, I had, um, it was a, a huge milestone in my life. Um, I'm, an, I'm an alcoholic, and I had tried, I tried quitting drinking um, before this, and, and I just, uh, just, couldn't quite, just couldn't quite do it. You know, I could do it for periods, but just couldn't quite seal the deal. And, and so, you know, I'm in Western States, and I... I uh, January 1st, 2006, so I knew that I was in Western States because um, the, the lottery is literally like three weeks before this. I decided, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit drinking from, from today until race day. And then from there, we'll just see what happens. And so as I'm, you know, the race is pretty hot that year. It was over 100 degrees and lots of snow. It was kind of weird, but, um, you know, packed snow. And... And as I roll onto the track, I was pretty elated to, to this, this childhood dream of mine. Um, you know, it was, all, it was all happening. I had an opportunity to run the race, and I completed the race. And I realized right then as I'm on the track that I was done drinking. And so far, so good. That was 2006. And um, so my... my Yellow buckle, as Craig says, <laughs> brass buckle. Um, that's like my that's like my my chip, if you will, in AA. That's that's my deal. When you were a child and you were watching those guys and you just saw it in their eyes, and I know you said you you feel like you found that, but what is that? What is it that you found? And did you find it that day in Western States? I did. Yeah, it's so. I guess for me, it's it's. You know, the, the journey is, is very physical, and, and that kind of peels away at the onion and lets you get to a different space in your being that is, is not the superficial outer layer, layer where you deal with other people and you interact with other people, but it's on your true inside and your inner voice and your inner light. And... In order to, to get to that space, it seems like you, you need to go through kind of some, some opportunity to test yourself where exit is choice and to stay in that moment and continue in that discomfort or in that space is just your choice. And that's, that's what that's all about for me. You can always exit, but you choose to stay in that space. And that's where the magic happens for me and everybody else. <laughs> if they get there. Yeah. If they allow that to happen. Yeah. I was recently listening as we were doing some research on Tommy, although we've been following yeah. him for a while, Tommy Ribs, and uh, I heard him say on a podcast that if you're, if you're, avoiding, if you're avoiding discomfort, you're never going to reach your potential. And that's exactly what I think you just described. Because the discomfort is the stop along the way to realizing your potential. Yes. Absolutely. So did that leave you wanting more? 
it it wanted I wanted to continue to explore that space and that space I realized doesn't necessarily need to be in the form of running you know some some other amazing opportunities I had were um, boating the Grand Canyon alone and so that's that removes the the physical component like like running but going down um, you know, I've, I've done four solos now, um, 28 to 30 day solos in, in January. So there's a lot of time for solitude down there. And again, it's, it's peeling away that, that those layers and, and really finding your true essence. And, and hopefully, you know, when you're down there, I'm very fortunate that I have very positive voices in my head when they come up. And um, I can't imagine how how awful that would be if I had negative voices, which I know a lot of people experience. And and um, and it's I'm I'm very fortunate. My voices are very happy. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I wear a purple hat. <laughs> why is that? What's the no, purple hat? Oh, oh, I'm like the crown chakra. No. You're talking about the <laughs> yeah. crown chakra. Uh-huh. So on those Grand Canyon trips, all that solitude, and you've got these positive voices, but what is it that you're coming, what, what is the discomfort that you're coming up to? Is it, is there a fear there? Is it, is it the danger? Is it? Well, I think that the, um, if I were to, if I were to just go out in the woods and spend 30 days by myself without a component of vulnerability, which is what the water brings out, then I don't think I would quite go as deep. So it's not that I'm base jumping or doing speed suits. It's not, it's not that kind of adrenaline, but there it's the, the water component in the middle of the winter when there aren't many trips going through, you know, behind you, it might be a day or two, maybe just two hours before another trip hits you, but you don't know. So if you have, if you have a situation arise and you are in the water, it, it could be a couple of days before anybody can help you. And, you know, your boat may be upside down and, and, you know, it's below freezing at night and you don't have your sleep kit or, you know. So I guess that, that, that component of the water brings out the rawness of, of that journey. Have you had any situations like that? I've been so fortunate, no. No, my, the, the, I think I've done 12 trips down there, 12 or 13, but in the, when I'm soloing, the focus is above and beyond anything I can even explain. It's not, it's not out of, it's not out of fear or, um, it's just, I am so present with my surroundings and when I'm in a group, even when I'm trying to be, I'm not ever as present of the surroundings because there are so many other things uh, coming at me. You know, you go scout a rapid with 15 other people, the, the scariest rapid, you just totally feel, feed off of everybody else's energy when they're scared, and suddenly you're scared. Way more scared than I ever am when I'm soloing, and that's a pretty, that's uh, a, a, that's a, interesting thing to experience you're so grounding this the experience is so grounding when you're by yourself yeah it sounds like um i mean we could use the word lucky but it sounds to me like it's just very connected mm-hmm. very much like you're very connected to, and we were i mean tommy was talking about it yesterday he was down in the canyon and just just this like feeling of connection and like that there was like no separation i'm kind of paraphrasing here but there was like no separation between him and what he was seeing yes in the canyon yes it's very i mean look at that place it's it's everything is energy and and that is an incredibly powerful energy that lives in that and i think that if you are called it sounds like it just is a place for you to go that that connection can be trusted yeah 100 percent. and I, i go into the canyon especially when I used to run um, all the time and I, I just started running again. So I'm, I'm returning back there. I was just in the canyon um, Sunday 
Um, and it's, it, it just, it's always felt like home. It's unbelievable. Mm. That's my home. How did it feel to let go of the running and like let go of the physical activity for the business? Like were, was that discomforting? It wasn't at all. The timing felt right. Um, as, so I, as I mentioned earlier, my, my training wasn't organized and it was no longer sustainable to run a hundred miles on just one run a week. And so my body was definitely, it was catching up and and so I, I was just kind of ready for the next, the next challenge. I didn't know what it was going to be. It wasn't forced. And, um, and this just kind of presented itself. And, and any new startup, as anybody knows, is, is, requires so much energy and always returning back to that desire. You know, is, that, is this really what I want? And if that desire remains strong, then it's easy to follow through. So... Um, the, the transition was uh, smooth and it was just the, the timing was right. Nothing felt weird. I didn't miss it. But I will say that being able to remain connected via working the aid stations with my family and, and sharing our product it was a good way to stay connected, you know, with that environment without the physical effort. But I'm ready uh, to back. I'm yeah. Ready. How does I'm, it feel? Like, it feels really good. Do you, you think know? you're going to come back to the ultra world? I am. Yeah. That... I signed up for my first ultra next, uh, February elephant mountain. Where's and, that? Uh, it's down in the Valley, North Valley, within right. Cave Creek, uh, near oh, Viper okay. race. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's kind of where we're, we're staying near there. Um, so that's how, what, how long? What's February the 1st, 50 K. And so do you have a training plan this time? Uh, no, just run more than once a week. <laughs> twice a I, week. I know that. Probably twice a week, you know, something. Well, I, so what I, I never liked, um, when I, those little five or seven or eight or 10 mile maintenance runs, they feel like training to me. But if I just go into the canyon, it's not training. It's just, it's just a nice day to spend on different terrain and just, Running, walking, everything is just a mix. Um, so uh, I still, I'm, I was trying to do the, you know, five days a week thing. And, and frankly, that just kind of sucked. <laughs> so, so, I, so sometimes like on my little maintenance runs, you know, I'll do fart like just to, just to mix it up. Just run like hell and then just stop. Walk. <laughs> run fast. <laughs> run up the hill. Walk down. You know, just like totally mix it up. But. I, I still struggle with just the, the daily grind maintenance runs. Well, that's the joy aspect of it, right? And that's why yeah. there's so many different approaches to it. And if it's not bringing you joy, right. but the end is bringing you joy, like yeah. being able to show up on the start line and run, walk, and just finish the right. race and be in that environment. And I will always be a back of the packer. And that is, um, apparently I'm content with that. You know, it, that doesn't bother me. I just enjoy that, that, um, that time out there. The race day is always great. You know, it's not so much what's the time or who am I beating. It's just I, I enjoy being out there with people. And, and you don't have to carry so much stuff. You know, <laughs> on race day, that's how, I, that's, what I, that's how I look at the race. You don't have to carry it all in the pack. You know, <laughs> they it supply out. it for you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you see? Uh, because this is an interesting, I was thinking about this. When you were talking about um, being out on the, being out on the, on the river and having clarity by yourself. And, and then when you come back and you're with people and you feel that, that energy of others, um, with squirrels, nut butter, um, you're going to have to surround yourself with, with people in, in that environment. Does that scare you at all? And, and no, no, it doesn't. So, um, you know, part of this whole scaling thing, we, I'm I'm having to do a lot of the work uh, myself along with Eric, um, who just absolutely throws down when he shows up to work. And so as as we scale up, um, you know, we're, we're going to have to hire people that are doing what I do. And right now I manufacture everything. It's me pouring everything. It's not another employee. And um, and I'm ready for that when when the time comes. Um, I. You know, part of the the challenge with with owning a company and having employees is being a really good leader. 
and and that's not always being the nice guy um and it's it's looking ahead before there's the problem you know before you hit the iceberg at least seeing that there's an iceberg coming and um so i i i really dig that challenge of the business you know it's kind of neat i shouldn't say kind of it's incredibly uh amazing to to provide employment for people that rely on you i i love that and i take it very seriously so expansion is yeah it's a big thing yeah yeah that's it's it's cool do you see you do, do you ever see yourself doing it an ultra race like putting on a an, you know um i've talked about it with stacy and um i think that our plate is too full for that but i definitely um could see potentially maybe teaming up with my brother um for some some sort of family style stage race you know i like that and if somebody else beats us to it then please do it you know because providing that opportunity for for kids instead of it just being kids but a family and camping you know like trans rocky style um with you you run together and and camp together and run together and you finish together and um i think that that would just be be pretty cool and as you know craig is fairly talented at race directing so um uh yeah we'll see we'll see if if we take that anywhere but right now uh, my my plate's pretty full to add anything else i believe that everything everything has a purpose there are no mistakes what has this venture taught you maybe about yourself or what have you learned because of it well just like my grand canyon trips um my gut can be trusted and um when it doesn't feel right there's a reason um you know i as i mentioned earlier i always go back to um the desire is that ember still burning and if it is then we can move to the next step um which for me is focus um i i have this weird progression i don't i came up with it on my first grand canyon solo and it's desire focus connection patience fulfillment and i realized that 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 circle of five can be used in so many different aspects of life either on a micro scale or a macro scale and um right now i'm in the focus mode of squirrels nut butter and um we still have a ways to go um but it's um you 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 really can't give up if you have the desire not to and so that's that's i guess what i've learned or that's where i'm at with squirrels nut butter you're choosing to stay i'm yeah like we are we are here and it's not it's not easy at all you know as we said earlier a startup is is really really challenging and it's um it's a it's a great opportunity to test yourself and see you know are you a flash in the pan or do you really want this and we do we want this let's talk about some of the amazing athletes that um are representing your brand so you know you had a tree service and now you've got the best of the best, the who's who, and they're all, no, that's crazy. It's amazing. You're sur- like, you're aligning with really this athletic greatness. Yeah. How did that, when did you realize like you needed to have these, I mean, you've got a huge ex- extensive team behind you in that sense, like the ambassadors and the elite team. And how did that all start to come about? You know, um, after, kind of getting Wardian and Wamsley and Kostelnik on board from the beginning, I guess just had my, my eyes looking a different way instead of, can I get to those, um, into those top athletes? It was like I was starting at those top athletes. And so I just, I just was like, this is how we roll. (laughs) And if, you know, if they want to be part of this, then please come join us. And if you don't, then no harm, no foul. But our our doors are open. And um and, and again, I think it's 
you know, our um, people for some reason are enjoy being part of this family and whether they're running at an elite level or not, it's, it's, um, it, I guess it feels good and it feels good to me, but I guess from the outside, it, it feels good as well. And the product happens to be really good. Yeah. The product happens to be really good. So nobody's bullshitting about their representation. I I can't even imagine. I can't remember if we talked about this before we put the mics on or not, but just the extension of squirrels into like the road marathon. Is that before we put the mics on? I can't even remember. I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we, we just heard last night that Jim, who is one of your first guys on the team is going for the Olympic trials. Yeah. So boom, right there. Let's get this dude to the Olympics, which I think he's going to, he's already decided he's going. Yeah. I mean, amazing. And, uh, start breaking into that road marathon. Yeah. His, his range is so quick. I mean, obviously he came, his college days were, he was a speedy guy and then just being able to run these hundred milers like he does in the mountains is, is truly like no other, obviously. And then coming back, you know, to do the half or the full, you know, like he's, he's the training blocks, he's, his body is just adapting to what he's throwing at it. And I just think it's amazing. I heard he never, he's never run a marathon before. Like a road I marathon. think that I have heard that as well. Yeah. What do you think he's going to do in Atlanta? Boy, I, I, um, I have no idea. I, I mean, I, I don't ever doubt Jim. Uh, but I definitely know that, um, he's, he's not going to run conservatively. So it's all or nothing because yeah. that's how Jim rolls. Yeah. He's like a, um, was it Tommy said he's like a pre. Yeah. Like a pre. I know. Yep. Yeah. And you know, when you run it, when you redline at that level over and over every race, occasionally it's not going to all come together and that's how it is. And that's why there's only one pre and one Walmsley. You yeah, know? it's going to be I'm, really like they're unusual human beings, and you know, other people are absolute gifts uh, to running and such. But um, yeah, he's um, he's out there. Yeah, I think it's going to be really exciting to watch. And then another one uh, on the elite team is Jared Hazen, who's being yeah. coached by Jim, and is like it's like becoming a mini Jim. I mean, the guy is just crushing it. Yeah. You know, on race day, so I work at the river at Western States and, um, you know, Jim rolls through and record pace. And I'd been hearing that that uh, Jared was just basically running 10 minutes behind all day and, and maintaining, but I don't have great communication down at the river. And so when, uh, when Jared uh, came through, literally, I think it was nine or 10 minutes behind Jim at, at the river, it was like, wow. Jared, you've been running, you've been, you're running Walmsley pace the whole day, you know, you're running out of time here to close. And, um, I just thought Jared put an amazing race together and would have, you know, if it wasn't on a Walmsley course record year would have just been like, uh, you know, you, <laughs> you just happened to run that well when Jim ran even better. So, yeah. It's wild. It was shadowed, but yeah, Jared is, uh, yeah, he's fit when he, when he gets, when he arrives at the start line and he's healthy, it's game on. And what about Courtney DeWalter? Yeah, man, she is. What uh, do you, what are your thoughts on her? Yeah. <laughs> well, her, you know, obviously, uh, she enjoys being in that space that you know, everybody calls the pain cave and, um, you know, she, her, her energy, her aura when she's out there is just so positive and bright and happy, even if she's probably maybe miserable and pained inside. Um, she's just a, a real sweetheart, absolute, absolute sweetheart. So you've got these big, big names that are, you know, behind your brand. Are there some names behind your brand that maybe people don't know about yet that you feel like, Ooh, watch out for this one. Um, I don't know actually, you know, right off the top of my head. Um, I wish Eric was here to, to give you that answer because he, he runs our ambassador program. Um, and he has a better 
finger on the pulse of what's of what's happening with the new the upcomers answer for you what have you learned about eric because he came in to be an ambassador and now he's yeah so eric um like magic you know i i knew he was he was a badass runner and and so i i just saw him you know crossing paths on the sidewalk in flagstaff and i was like hey eric you know um how's it going? I'm Chris. <laughs> and, uh, I said, Hey, we'd love to, to have you as an ambassador. Um, you want to just get together for a cup of coffee in an hour and just, you know, so we can get to learn, you know, know each other. And, uh, you know, at the end of the, the little ambassador interview get together, he said, Hey, if an opportunity ever arises, you know, uh, with employment, then I'd, I'd be interested in discussing it further. So, I got pretty excited and, um, and we opened that door to him immediately. And, um, yeah, he is, he does our content and strategy and he's just, he has an amazing head on his shoulders and he, and he has so many, you know, outside of the squirrel's nut butter world, he has his, his hands in so many different fires with, with coaching. And now he's, um, running for, um, city council and Flagstaff and, and uh, he's writing for, you know, other companies. And he's just constantly doing something. And um, he's very efficient with his time. Um, and I am so lucky to have him, um, you know, working for Squirrels Nut Butter. It sounds like you have a high level of gratitude for how this whole thing has been put together, really. I mean, through your focus, through your hard work, um, aligning with the right people, having, you know, starting out with, you know, the top of the top, you know, Mike Wardian, Jim Wamsley, things like that, people behind your brand. What do you think the power of gratitude is on, you know, the success of anything? Um, you, you know, Courtney, we were saying like, she's just happy. She's in gratitude. How do you think that weighs into our success as athletes, as business owners, as parents? I think, um, I think you nailed it. If you, if you, you know, you, you look at a, a Camille Heron, at the start line, she's in a very different space than everybody else. When you when you look at the video or, or the the still photo, she is in. She is. She looks like she's on riding the cloud with the unicorns already. You know, she's so she is so positive right then, and um, I just I think that if you put if you really put good intention into walking your path that the storms that may come and and hit you you'll be able to maybe receive that energy as a nice cool shower instead of a storm that just kicked your ass and so it's just like you're the way you receive things shifts um so uh I'm not sure if I'm even making sense here. No, but. <laughs> that was pretty epic. That was yeah. beautiful. It's like non-resistance. Yeah. Don't, don't resist the big storm. Like yeah. Welcome, uh, welcome it in. Right. Don't have that preconceived. It's going to be a huge storm. Just right. Something is coming. Something is coming. So mm-hmm. embrace it. It's there to teach you something. Yeah. And you're not attached to whatever it is on the other side. Right. So I think attachment is a big thing, especially sure. for, mm-hmm. for athletes and mm-hmm. business owners, which allows us to continually reinvent and move forward, right? Not hang our hat on what's where you're at. Sure. Yeah. I am. I'm so grateful. Uh, speaking of gratitude, I'm just really grateful that there was something that had me reach out to you me and too. something that I felt the moment we met in Oceanside. Yes. And then I saw you again a couple of weeks later up in Sonoma yep. and, uh, and connecting with Eric and seeing him again. And, you know, I think you've, we've all just experienced a great privilege to get to know a little bit more about you. And I, you have a lot of depth to you and beautiful intention and trust and belief and confidence and gratitude and all the things that, that people look for that so often aren't able to see when they buy something. And Mm. so I highly recommend everybody who's listening to this, check these guys out, get their products, not just for runners, for triathletes, you've got the, the chamois uh, cream and all that stuff. How can people follow you? Be a part of the ambassadorship. How does that? How do people get connected more with um, just the greatness that is behind this brand? Well, definitely, you know, follow us on the social media platforms: Twitter, 
Instagram, Facebook, um, Instagram in particular is, you know, obviously the photos are amazing. Um, but you know, we're, you'll probably see us at a race somewhere. Come say hi, give me a hug. And, um, you know, and, and if we're not in your local running store or bike shop, then, um, then ask them to connect with us and, and, um, and hopefully we can get on the shelves. Awesome. So cool. You guys, they've got vegan products. Um, and then the other products that really what's not vegan is, is the beeswax. It's so beeswax. If, yeah. yeah. So if you're mm-hmm. vegan, if you're cool with being vegan, then you've got the whole line available to you. I dip in both ends of it mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm loving it. I can't, I can't imagine doing an ultra without it. So yeah. thank you for creating such an amazing product for going with it for, um, you know, uh, doing what makes doing what makes you feel good in life and it, and it just shows and we all get to benefit from it. Well, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to chat with you guys. Mm-hmm.